Tell somebody, shake it off. Tell somebody else, shake it off. Go ahead and brush your shoulders off. Go ahead, just brush them off. That's right, just shake it off. That's right, just shake it off. In the Gospel of Mark, uh, 6th chapter, looking at verse 11, as Jesus was in, came to his hometown, this is, and you can see another Gospel, saw so he came there beforehand, and they had a problem with him. And this time he came back and they just decided, who is this? We, we know you. How, how dare you show up with power and authority when we marrying your sisters. We, we know your siblings. We know, we know your job. You are a carpenter. Uh, that's not a great tool. That's not a great job. It's a, a modest job, carpentry. We come to you to fix my chair. How dare you going to come and teach me in the synagogue and do all these miraculous words. Man, that can't come from you. Jesus hearing this and feeling this, and, and even as he takes it as an opportunity to teach his disciples, and we see in the Gospel of Mark, 6th chapter, verse 11, as he's t- instructing his disciples how they should handle themselves, how they should carry themselves, he gives them this word. If any place when I welcome you, and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet. As a testimony against them. In other translations, it continues on saying that it'll be a testimony again, just against it was against Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and those other translations has that in there too. So it, 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 yours may have it, may not have it. But the point is, what he's pointing out is that what you ought to do is shake it off. Rejection happens in life. People are rejected for all kind of reasons. You might have been rejected because you were not qualified enough. Or, the other favorite, you're overqualified. You might have been rejected because there was too many people there. You had your ticket, sort of like those people that paid all that money just to get in and see on the opening day uh, Sex in the City. And they had to go home because there was too much people. They were rejected. Sometimes rejection is your fault, maybe it's not your fault, but rejection happens in life. We see this even in Jesus, that he was rejected, not just at this time in Nazareth, but he was rejected even before he was born. They said, you can't come in here for there's no room. (laughs) At the end, rejection. You might have been rejected before, you might have came to somebody's house and they said, no, I can't let you in today. You might have been rejected on a telephone call. You asked for some help, but they said, no, I'm busy today. Or you might have been rejected when somebody came to you, tried to give them a helping hand, and they slapped it away. Yes, it hurts to be rejected. But I I, I want us to focus on how we can deal with shaking it off. How we can deal with rejection. How we can deal when other people put limitations on you. When other people try to place you in a box. When other people tell you what you cannot do or what you ought to do or how you should live. You can look at them and just shake it off. You see here, Jesus is in his hometown. Came home. Came home. Imagine you being away. For a while, and you 
come home. And when you come home, they don't receive you. They talk negatively about you. They, they didn't say anything positive about him. They said he's a carpenter. They didn't say a teacher because what was he doing? He was teaching in the synagogue. And they said, how dare he? Who is he? To teach with authority. For miracles be happening from him. Who is he? I know him. He, he, he ran around with my son and my children. I, I know him. Same way I, I want you to realize how you can shake it off is this, that you need to realize that you know who you are. They don't. They may assume they know. It's a, it's, a, it's a shame how we know something about somebody or we know about their past. We assume we know them. We assume we know them because we know their family. We, we know their kinfolk. We, we know what city they come from. Uh, even at the time, they say, can anything good come from Nazareth? People may be looking at you and hear your last name and say, oh, that, that, that family's no good. People see you coming down the street, though, here comes that troublemaker. Jesus has come home. They say, here's the carpenter, not the teacher. Jesus shows up, and they talk bad about him and say, we know your family. People are looking at you saying, I know you. And so since I know you, I know what you're capable of doing. So many times we limit so many of our young people because when we look at them, we see their condition. And that's all we speak of is their condition. We don't tell them how they can go above and beyond that condition. I, I was speaking some, to some young people this past week, and I, I was asking them about their education. I, I told them about, where are you going to college, and are you going to continue your, your education? And they look at me, and I'm looking at them. They're going to tell me how hard it is. And I said, I understand it's hard, but guess what? you got to work anyway. I said, you can do a night class if it's just one class at a time, but keep on pursuing your education. Don't let what's going around you limit you, or don't tell people that you cannot do it. There's greatness in you. We need to encourage somebody. We need to help them shake off some of that negativity that they receive that, oh, you're not going to make it. We see people, we see, you know, on the news. Did you see on the news about this, this school that had a pack, uh, allegedly a pack of these young women wanting to have babies in, in, this, in this city? This is a society. It's in such a bad state that these young ladies feel that their only hope, their only place of acceptancy is if they have a child of their own. Now, the problem is that now they will become single mothers. How are we going to help them be better mothers? How are we going to help them to be and go above, help them, help them not drop out of school, but continue on their education? See, we live in a time that we will say, we'll talk negatively about these young ladies. Instead of saying, how can I build them up now? How can I help them move on? Yes, they may have made a decision that's hurting them, but yet now they can realize how they can grow from this issue and be grown up. We need help out some of these young men that have children, don't even know what a father is. They think a father is just somebody that makes babies, not one who raises babies. Bragging at school, like they're siring children, like they're breeders. I have five kids. I have six kids. Bragging. We need to realize that you need to shake off this negativity of the society, that sex is something to, to brag about, that sex outside of marriage is something to boast about. We need to monitor the lyrics and the, and the music that they listen. We need, we need to watch the TV shows we watch with them. I, I know we like ER and we like Dateline and, and all, all these shows, but some of these content is not ready for your children that are under the age. We have to be careful. 
because they may not be able to understand all that information is coming into. It'd be so much negative that'll weigh them down, that'll stop them from moving forward because they don't realize the greatness in them. But they're hearing other people say, you're nothing but this. But we need to help them shake it off. Jesus recognized that the people were against him. In verse, in verse 4, we see here in Mark 6 chapter, Jesus goes on to say, Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could not do, and he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. See, and, and, and staying focused on your purpose, you need to realize that there will be people that will reject you, but do not let them stop you. There will be people that will reject you, but do not let them stop you. Jesus went to his hometown, and, and he went there to do some awesome and amazing things, but the people's lack of belief limits him doing to the full capacity, but it did not stop him from touching and reaching those he could. See, everybody may not be for you, but also everybody will not be against you. There are still some people that can be blessed by you. See, just because somebody else comes to you with negativity, well, then obviously you can't help them. So you don't waste your time with them. You just shake them off and go to help the person you can. Same thing. What if a teacher all of a sudden stopped teaching because of one student didn't want to learn? And nobody would learn. And then those few students that did come to school to learn, they would miss out. The same situation when you are standing up, when you are living your life. There's some people that want to knock you down, but there's some people that need to see you. There's some people that need you to see, say a good word to them. There's somebody that maybe needs you to help tie their shoe, help them cross the road, help them pay a bill, give them a ride to the store. There's somebody that needs your assistance. But if somebody comes up and says that you're worth nothing, you're about nothing, you can't do anything, they are stopping you from really helping somebody else. Don't let them stop you. Just brush them off. Just brush them off. Deliver Jesus. Jesus. Jesus did not say anything negatively about him. Jesus went about his business. He realized that, look, I, I realized because he quoted what the prophets were saying, that it was known that the prophets would not be received in their hometown. Jesus, the son of man, realized that he was going to suffer many things, but yet he still did it anyway. Reach out continuously to help somebody, even when they smack your hand away. Still keep on putting your hand out. They see the enemy wants to get you to respond negatively to negative results. The enemy wants you to get halfway up the mountain and make you look at the peak and say, I can't make it, and stop right there in the middle. And that's where you become mediocre. You're halfway up. <laughs> you're halfway down. You're not on top. You're not below. You're just above. And that's not where you want to be. You don't want to be, but the enemy wants you to be there because if the enemy can, enemy can stop you from getting to where God wants you to be, he's done his task. The enemy wants to stop you from being all that you can be. The enemy wants to stop you from being that awesome wife, that awesome husband, that awesome father, that awesome brother, pastor, deacon, laborer, plumber, wherever you are. He wants you, he wants you to stop being there, but God wants you to do the best you can. And the only way you can do that is following Jesus' example of staying focused of your purpose. Jesus came there to teach. 
He came there to teach and to heal. That's why he was there. But their lack of belief limited his potential of blessing them. It didn't stop him. It stopped them. See, the one thing you need to realize is that when people reject you, they're not stopping you. They're stopping themselves. When somebody cannot receive your help, they have to go find help somewhere else. When somebody doesn't want to listen to your instructions, they'll find out the other way. You know how some people just got to learn the hard way. Some people have to bust their head open in order to find out that you can't go through that wall. There's a door over there. Some people will just keep on ramming in and ramming in, trying to do it their way instead of listening to the right way. Jesus said, I'm coming here to help you, but you're not going to receive me. But that's all right. I'm still going to be here to help you. And so Jesus went about his business anyway, realizing that there's the greatness that was in him and his purpose. He was amazed. Sometimes, too, we have, you might have been there. You might have been there that you realize you had something great to offer, and you really were looking to help somebody, and they just rejected you. And you are shocked and amazed. How, how come they, not, they don't want what I have to offer? I, I, I'm here trying to help them. I, I'm trying to benefit them, and they don't want to receive my help. You might have felt like Jesus. You might have been shocked and amazed, but don't let that stop you. Keep on doing it anyway. It's hard sometimes. I got to remind myself because I, 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 I realize that in, in, in my time that I may talk to people and meet with people. And I, and I want them to know because I, I love Jesus. And I want them to love Jesus as much as I do. But when they don't receive Jesus, I, 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 sometimes I feel like, man, can't you get it? Don't you understand? He loves you. Why don't you understand he loves you? Why don't you love him back? How come you don't love him? But yeah, I got to stop trying to force them and realize that I got to tell them just in a patient, in a calming way. And tell them once enough and move on. Because sometimes it's just shocking and amazing, but I still cannot stop but preaching and teaching the love of Jesus. I can't stop because somebody rejected it. Because somebody still needs to hear the word. There's somebody out there needs to hear your, your, your encouragement to see that you can help them out. They might see your life as a testimony. They say, I, I've known you. I've seen you. And so therefore they won't put it down in a negative way, but they say, I've seen how you've grown. I've seen how you changed, but Jesus didn't hear that word when he went home. He said, you haven't changed. You're still that same boy I knew when you were growing up here. Some people still judge you from your past. And the problem is, that's all they can see is the past. But I'm glad that God can see your future. And I'm glad God also knows what's going on right now in your life. And God knows the greatness he has put in you, so do not let them limit you. Take those limits off. Just brush them off. Shake them off. And say, Lord, I want to do what you have to do. And that's why Jesus really showed them how to stay focused. He showed it to his disciples. He showed them with humility. Now, I want you to really look what Jesus, Jesus instructed his disciples. After he was rejected in Nazareth, and you see how they rejected him, Jesus realized, my disciples, uh, just what I have suffered in my hometown, my own siblings don't recognize me, my, my mother having a problem with me, they, they act like they don't know me, they try, to, they try to come and get me, saying I was out of my mind before, but I told them these are my brothers and sisters, those who love me. See, Jesus had to deal with this early in his ministry. Imagine if he stopped then. Imagine if Albert Einstein stopped when they said that he was retarded. Imagine if, if, if FDR stopped because they said he couldn't be present because he was lame. Imagine if these people just stopped because somebody else told them because of your current condition, because of what you're going through, you'll never be anything. But we know them now, do we not? 
Imagine Mother Teresa staying back because somebody told her that she was not good enough. She wasn't bad enough. And so she said, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And she made her way over there, and she was willing to help people on a dying bed for no money, for nothing, and nobody else supported Then finally, after she made such an impact, then the Catholic Church recognized her. But imagine if she just stopped because they didn't recognize her beforehand. But she did it. Anyway, you got to shake it off. Tell somebody, shake it off. Don't let them limit you from your greatness because they don't see it. God sees it and trust him. Jesus was teaching his disciples in the same way. You need to be humble and depend on me. Jesus told him. He gave them strict instructions. He says what? He says what? He says this. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, verse 7, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He empowered them and he equipped them and he instructed them. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two belts. I'm sorry, two eunuchs. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. See, now, Jesus is teaching humility here. Now, he, uh, and now, one thing we need to be careful. When you're about your father's business and where you know you are doing what is right and you're doing it with all humility, do not do it in a prideful way. Jesus is teaching the disciples here, don't show off, just do it. And, and now, now, I want you to pay attention here. He told them to take one tunic, but do not go without your sandals. Because now, one tunic is a sense of poverty. Two tunics shows at least they have some sort of wealth. And it will keep them even warmer at night. But if they took the sandals off, it makes them look like a slave. Or that they're poor. And how oftentimes we want to look like we're so pious than somebody else. Or we're more holier than thou than somebody else. Because we know about our father's business and we're doing this. Some of us might, might, might be that way. That we tell somebody, oh, oh i got to go to bed early because i got to go to church tomorrow. You heathen, why are you staying out all night? You know, like Sam from the Sun, right? You know, Aunt Esther come over and just call before you. You old heathen. You know, that's all she would say, which is knock him down instead of showing him how to, how to love in a Christ-like way. We, too, sometimes act like we're holier than that and we're no good to anybody else. Because we're walking around with our sandals or acting like we're better than them. See how humble I am? The key thing, when you're humble, you don't have to tell somebody. You have to tell somebody I'm humble. It's like an oxymoron. I'm humble. Okay, yeah, sure you are. <laughs> Same thing with a greedy person. You, you know, they will never admit that they're greedy. Oh, I'm not greedy. I'm just thrifty. <laughs> I'm prudent with my money. Same way, when you are humble, it'll show in your character. It will show in your actions. And then even this, Jesus saying this, look, take nothing with you. This is showing total dependence on God. I want you to realize that other people might try to give you a shortcut to success. They might say, if you do this, if you take this, if you go here, but yet God is saying, just trust me. Lean on me. I, I know with one twin it's going to get cold at night, but trust me, I'll keep you warm. I know you're going with no money. You may not be able to play for a place to stay, but I will provide a place for you to lay your head. Did you, did you see that? Did you see that? He said, wherever you is to stay there until. But then it goes on to see, as you, as you serve with humility, then he goes on and says, but yet you're going, to, you're going to have to deal with some rejection. And when you deal with the rejection, what are you supposed to do? Shake it off. It's going to be a testimony against them. And I want you to really cast this testimony part. There's people that are speaking against you right now. There's people that's talking negatively about you right now. 
they, they, they have negative words to say about when somebody else brings up your name or something positive to say. They're trying to think of something. How can I negate what they're saying? There's people probably at your workplace that can't stand how you're high performance, so they're trying to find a way to knock you down. There, there's people maybe within your household that, that are trying to destroy your dream or trying to tell you that you can't get this done. But I want you to understand that that rejection is going to come, but all you have to do is just shake it off. Jesus says, look, it'll be a testimony against them. Who is the ultimate judge? God is the ultimate judge. Who does vengeance belong to? Vengeance belongs to the Lord. So oftentimes that people push us down, we want to push them back. But we got we to gotta go back to the, to the kids. Be just like the kids. I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. And, and now look at, the, look at the psychology of how true that is. When somebody is negative, that's all they have is negative. So they're just spitting out negative to you. But if you stay positive, what's it going to do? going to bounce off you. But those who are negative, they stay negative. It's amazing, man, how we, as kids we say this, but how true that psychology is. That I, Hey, 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 I, I'm not going to go negative. I'm going to stay positive. So you can say what you want to say, but I'm not going to listen. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. What I'm saying is this, that you're trying to hurt me. You're trying to knock me down, but I know there's greatness in me. Because, you know, the worst thing a kid, you know, a children do is call children outside their names. Those negative names calling kids all kinds of names. But yet when a child knows their name, they learn to listen, answer to that name. That's why parents and adults, we got to be careful what nicknames we give our kids. For what reason? Because you, you, if, if you call them dum-dum, and it might be an acute reason why you call them dum-dum, but all of a sudden, dum-dum grows up, and everybody still calls them dum-dum. They ask dumb dumb, why they call you dumb dumb, dumb dumb, feeling dumb about the answer? I don't know. And they treat them like dumb dumb. Why? Because that's the name they gave them at that age. Come on, dumb dumb. You always going to be dumb dumb to me. The same situation that when you have a name, call them by that name with power behind the name, with authority by the name, and give that child some place to look forward to. I see greatness in your son. I see greatness in your daughter. You're going to be something great. I, I'm not going to label you with some negative names or, or call you fat because your, your, your body might be bigger than mine or, or call you Slim Jim because you might be smaller than them, but I'm going to call you great. We got to be careful how we nickname people and talk about them. We're weighing them down. We're putting limits on them because we see something that, that we think society has brought. It's amazing how society has, can train us so easily to think what a beauty is, what success is, what wealth really should look like, instead of realizing that when you have Jesus, silver and gold is not a problem anymore. When you have Jesus, having a fancy sports car is not important anymore. When you have Jesus, you have peace that transcends all understanding. When you know God, you know he will keep you in perfect peace. Those who keep their minds stay on him. When you have Jesus, when your mind's in trouble and when you're in pain and suffering, you know that joy is on the way. It's a good thing that when you place your dependence on Jesus, because when people will reject you, though the mountains may, may be removed, I'm glad that God is our refuge. And the present help. In a time of trouble. 
Jesus is showing this in his earthly ministry. He said, even me, God in flesh, is being rejected by his own people. I want you to cast. Not only did Jesus teach him how to stay focused, not only did Jesus show him how to serve in humility, but Jesus showed him how to shake it off. Because you got to do it anyway. They told Jesus that don't go to, to Jerusalem because you know that King Herod is trying to kill you. <laughs> he went to, to Jerusalem anyway. <laughs> they told him that he should not heal on the Sabbath. <laughs> he healed on the Sabbath anyway. They, they told him that he should not commune and eat with the sinners. <laughs> Jesus communed and eat with the sinners anyway. He, they, he told him that he would tear down the temple. They did not believe it. <laughs> but he kept on Anyway, they told him when they hung him up on the cross that if you a prophet, come on down there. But he stayed up on the cross <laughs> anyway. He told him he would rise again on the third day, and they did not believe him, but he died anyway. They, they thought they would keep him in the tomb by putting a stone on the tomb, <laughs> but the stone rolled away <laughs> anyway. They, they thought they might have found some bones, but they went to an empty tomb and saw nothing there because he rose again. Anyway, the disciples were upset. They thought they lost their Savior, but he appeared again before them. Anyway, Peter left them alone when they tried him, but Jesus came back to him and said, I love you. Anyway, I'm glad today that I serve a Lord that in spite of my problems, in spite of my situations that I'm going through, he loves me anyway. So that's why I can shake off that dust. I can shake off that rejection, realizing that there's a greater purpose in me because he loves me anyway. I'm glad that he died on the cross anyway. While we were yet still sinners, he died anyway. Even when those that did not believe him, he rose again anyway. Is there somebody here realizing that in spite of the difficult situations you're going through, you can make it anyway. Is there somebody here knowing that my child is going through some issues, but with God she so she can make it anyway. Tell somebody I can make it anyway. Tell somebody shake it off. He is alive. He is risen. You can do it. We got to grab on to this and know that in spite of what you're trying to put against me, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I am more than a conqueror. My Bible vacation states a student. Y'all remember, we are champions. Hallelujah. I'm glad that we're champions. So we can do it anyway. Do not let the people you know and the people you love limit you. But let the God who loves you beyond your faults, beyond your circumstances, beyond how much money you have to give, beyond the illness your doctor said that you can't overcome, beyond your family telling that you're never going to be anything, or you can't go to that school, or you can't go to that college, or you must be out of your mind. Let them know that I am in somebody's hands, that you can't pluck me out. So, and so where he'll place me, that's where I will go. Uh, I'm glad today that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of Jesus. He loves you. He has a great purpose for you. And you can do it anyway. Don't limit yourself because of what people say that you cannot do. But let them know what you can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the key thing is Christ is the strength. So if you do not know Jesus, here's an opportunity for you to grab on to that strength. Jesus made it clear, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So if you do not know Jesus, we want to introduce you to the power and the strength of God, his only son who died for you and rose again. And so how he, and Christ wanted to show you, just as you showed the disciples, how you can shake the dust off and go forth in power anyway. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, if you're unsure, if you're a die today, you'll spend eternity in heaven. We want to lead you in this prayer. We want to lead you in this prayer. Just repeat after me. God knows your heart. He knows your heart, and he wants to hear from you. Just repeat after me saying, dear Lord Jesus. That's right, dear Lord Jesus. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And that you rose again from the grave on the third day. And Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I thank you for your forgiveness. And Jesus, today, I give my life to you to live a life of purpose and power in your name. Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Still with every head bowed and every eyes closed. If you pray that prayer for the first time, that you raise your hand. That you raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. I see you. You may put your hands down. I want to pray with you right now. Father, Lord, we thank you for salvation. We thank you, Lord, for life transformation. We thank you, Father, that you have called us to a greater and an awesome purpose. And we need to live in spite of the negative and the, and the bad around us, God. We want to live for your good. And so, Father, I thank you for those who pray that prayer today, Father. And, Lord, we want to extend our hands to them to help them continue to grow and disciple them, Father, be awesome men and women of God for your glory. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray that the church say, amen, amen.